Hello and welcome to a sporting discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I am AJ Mithen and I am joined by a man who now has absolutely no money, Andrew Donison. Hello, Andrew. Hello, AJ. I have a house, though. You have a house. You swapped a lot of money for your house. Yep. Baked beans for us. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Sort of. Now, this week, we are chatting with Beck Goddard, recently appointed senior coach of the Adelaide Crows women's team. Uh, we will ponder a question. Why is the AFL taking a week off at the most exciting time of the season? Uh, we will have a quick chat about the Socceroos as they prepare for round three of World Cup qualifying. And we will ask an even more provocative question, Andrew. How is Australia seen as a sporting nation? Oh, I look forward to that one. Yeah, it's going to be good fun. Uh, we're going to look for some listener feedback in that too, so stay tuned, folks. Uh, now, as we always say, a discussion is two ways. Us here at ASD Stadium and you, the listeners. Make sure you get in contact with us via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. And now just some quick news. Uh, August, uh, just going now, has been a record month for downloads and listens for a sporting discussion. So we wanted to just quickly use the front of the show to say a massive thank you to everyone who listens to us and uh, who engages us on social media. We really, really appreciate your support. And thank you to everyone who listens to us at the end of the show when we say tell your friends to, 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 <laughs> to have a listen. So, we, yeah, we certainly appreciate everyone listening in and also getting in contact with us just, yeah, so that we can make it relevant for, for all of you guys. Spot on. On with the show. Andrew, I have a correction from last week that I need to make. Damn it. Yeah, sorry. Um, I it was in a fit of peak, as they say. Uh, I said that the Wallabies had only held the Bledisloe Cup twice, but I actually meant to say 12 times. That's I was too busy being angry at how poor they were. <laughs> That's a big difference, but still, the All Blacks are very dominant. They just won their 42nd home game in a row. Yes. Uh, what's most interesting is that even though it was an accident to say twice, no one corrected us because it seems like that. It's, it sounds like it could be an actual stat, yes. yes. Anything uh, else? Confirmations from me? No. Zero. None. Oh, well, look who's back in form. Yeah. We will move on to our topical recap, proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia. Search for them on Facebook to get daily AFL-related trivia questions. They also run trivia nights. There's upcoming nights in Adelaide on September the 14th and Melbourne on September the 15th. And they can come to your sporting club to run an AFL-themed trivia night. And that is anywhere in Australia. That is correct. Search for them on Facebook, Ultimate AFL Trivia. We put out a poll today, AJ. We did. Um, in the spirit of Ultimate AFL Trivia, we've got a couple of AFL-related polls. This one was related to Travis Cloak from Collingwood Football Club doing what everyone assumed he was going to do and say, I don't want to play for you no more, and he's requested a trade. So we asked, as expected, Travis Cloak has requested a trade from Collingwood after 246 games. Which club will he go to? Western Bulldogs, Richmond, North Melbourne, or other? Big response. Very big response. Interesting outcome, too. Yeah, 52% said Western Bulldogs, 24% said Richmond, 12% said North Melbourne, and 12% said other. Now, it was an interesting framed question, where will he end up? 
and everyone said that. Where should he end up is a different question. Oh. And we were contacted by Greg Furness on Twitter uh, who suggested that maybe Port Adelaide is the best fit and I would tend to agree with that now that Jay Schultz is gone. And and John uh, Butcher just got dropped. John Butcher was delisted uh, very recently. About an hour ago. Yep. And Paddy Ryder coming back into their team means that, you know, he can spend a lot of time in ruck, a little bit of time up forward and have yeah. big trove in the goal square. Maybe maybe a trip to uh, Bet Goddard's hood and uh, in uh, Adelaide is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, anywhere outside of Victoria would it was, be good It's for interesting Travis. that the, all the talk is around Travis Cloak to the Bulldogs, but I would have thought the Bulldogs don't need him. Stuart Crammery is coming back from suspension. They've got the most accurate goal kicker in the comp in Tory Dixon. Tom Boyd is developing uh, further and further. Um, the I'm only, not sure. The, a lot, the, of good, lot of good small forwards as well. Yeah, the only thing I can think is they want Tom Boyd to play more as a, you know, ruck forward. I don't know. Jack Redpath doing his knee might have swayed them that they need. Oh, Travis yeah, I, I don't Jack know. Red, Jack Redpath's better. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Uh, our second poll, uh, which came out a little bit of, a little while ago, which of the four retiring North Melbourne players should have been offered a contract for 2017? Retiring. Del Santo, Ferrito, Harvey or Petrie. It was Brent, uh, Brent Boomer, Harvey all the way, 82%. 9% for Del Santo and Ferrito. No love for Drew Petrie, which was kind of the public uh, response overall. Uh, everyone was saying, what's, what's Boomer Harvey done wrong? What about some love for uh, Nick Del Santo, Michael Ferrito and Drew Petrie? They just got tossed. The all, the, all this talk of loyalty and everyone was only ranting about Boomer One Harvey. person. How do you think that that made the other three people feel when there was protests planned that were aimed yeah. at one of them? <laughs> and then Drew Petrie came out and got four possessions for the game on Saturday night yes. just to, to prove Brad Scott's point. Yes, he timed a poor game incredibly poorly. We covered AFL in the topical recap, and we'll have a quick discussion now about the buy. No, oh, sorry, sorry, oh, Andrew. No, no, we won't. What? I'm going to derail your convert, your uh, AFL introduction here because we have some breaking news. Oh, which on a podcast is always always interesting to break news on a podcast. Yes, talk to me, AJ. Netball Australia have today. Now, today is the 30th of August. We're recording this. Have come out and said that they are not introducing a two point shot to the season for. 2020 in the 2017 season. Yes. Good news for everyone. Friend of the show, Aaron Delahunty, put out a roughly worded tweet earlier today <laughs> so it's, uh, showing her support for the decision. Um, there's no two-point sh- two point shot, but there will be two tactical timeouts available to coaches, so sanity prevails, and I think that's a pretty good move. Is that confirmed never going to happen, though, AJ? No, it's not. In... Uh, it's interesting you ask that because uh, the Netball Australia release uh, was talking about the extensive stakeholder consultation that mm. they had conducted uh, for That's the, the best, survey that we answered for and the said. best possible result <laughs> yep. outcomes. Yes, um, it was a real value add. Yeah, uh, they said uh, the release said we are not introducing the twenty the two point shot in twenty seventeen. So get ready for twenty eighteen, folks. All right, that's that's good news. Good news. Some more good news just quickly in the netball. Uh, the 
Diamonds, the national team, opened their quad series campaign uh, flogging South Africa over in Auckland. They're in a four-team competition uh, against New Zealand, South Africa and England. So good contests against good opponents. And now you can go back to your AFL introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. Yes, the this week there will be no AFL because the regular season has finished and rather than you know the, the exciting build-up to the first week of finals, we will have a buy round which... Seemingly was bought in because Fremantle on a couple of occasions rested a number of players in their final round of, of, over the last couple of years. And mm. North Melbourne last year, I think, rested 10 or 12 of their players in the last round to give themselves a better chance at winning in the first week of the finals, which it did for them. And then they lost the preliminary final. So knee-jerk reaction by the AFL. Oh, look, we love a good massive overreaction here on a sporting discussion and this is one of the best. This is one of the best in Australian sporting history just to be a massive overreactor. It actually is. There there was no issue and to resolve a no issue, they've just gone and completely changed 100 Well, there's two exhibitions, two exhibition matches this weekend. Friday night is a legends game. Uh, the EJ Witten Legends game, and Saturday night, I think, is the women's game, the Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne for the last time before the uh, Women's AFL League kicks off. That will be... I know AFL, L means league, but you all know what I'm trying to yes. say. Yes, the women's game is at the Witten Oval in, in Melbourne from 7.20. It's yeah. also going to be on live on national TV. That, I think, is for me, is, you know... A really good outcome of this bye yeah. week is the you know giving the I love the I love the Witten Oval uh, the Legends games at Eddie Head Stadium I would have thought they would be played in opposite spots but there you go yeah you 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 would think that that's how you go but what's really amazing about this whole thing is that the AFL have decided to vacate the field at the most exciting and suspense building time of the year PR Flax must be pulling their hair out in the majestically massive AFL media wing. Which we have said previously, there's uh, over 100 <laughs> people or something working there. They're going to need to come up with all those awesome stories that you love so much. Oh. When I last, uh, last weekend, uh, Hawthorne were playing Collingwood and it was a drag out, bash them up game. There was a lot of pressure, a lot of intensity, a really, really good game. Hawthorne needed to win to make the top four. And I was watching it just thinking in the back of my head, you beauty, Hawthorne are getting flogged before the week before they have to play Geelong. And then it just struck me, oh, no, damn it, they've got a week off. So it doesn't matter. The whole point of having a floating round 23, all of that stuff, totally irrelevant in 2016. Completely. AJ, have the AFL also missed a trick by leaving that weekend open for the final round of the NRL season. Well, the Melbourne Storm have been making hay while the sun starts to shine because the, it's we're moving into spring, sun's coming, everything's getting warmer and the Melbourne Storm on Saturday night have a game for the minor premiership against Cronulla at Amy Stadium and they have been all over the news in Melbourne all week saying come to our game, come to our game because the AFL haven't thought enough of you to put some games on this week. And, you know, it's going to be a, an absolute cracker. I, I'm going to be at the 
the Witten Oval, but I assume that the Melbourne and Cronulla game, as you say, a battle I'll be, for, I'll be at that game. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. A battle for top spot. Battle for top spot and avoid my Raiders. Andrew, on a sporting discussion, we've spoken quite a bit about the women's AFL competition starting next year. Yes. We have. Uh, there's eight teams uh, going to play between February March next year. Uh, the Some teams have been announcing players. Some teams have been announcing coaches. And the Adelaide Crows have announced their head senior coach, and it's Beck Goddard. That's right. Beck was coach of the women's team at the club that both AJ and I used to play for. Play is such a subjective term. Yes, Beck has had a, an esteemed career uh, coaching in Canberra and also over in Adelaide. Uh, we were lucky enough to speak with her earlier today, and here it is. Beck Goddard, welcome to a sporting discussion. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're really thrilled to have you as a guest. Anytime I can talk to former Canberrans, I'm always excited to do it. <laughs> and it's been a, a big few weeks for you, Beck, with obviously the, the big announcement of being coach of the Adelaide Football Club women's AFL team. Yeah, it's been a massive few weeks. In fact, it's so massive that I got a really bad cold and wasn't able to talk for the last 48 hours. But um, yeah, it's been quite exciting. Oh, awesome. Now, we'll, we'll get into the, the Adelaide Footy Club and the, the coaching side of things, but I guess we'll go, you know, right back to the start. And like, how did you get involved with football? Was, was it a, a family tradition? Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, I've been asked that a lot over, over the last week and um, I was just born into footy. Um, my dad played footy for the Belconnen Football Club in Canberra and I just grew up around it, you know, I've got really fond memories at Jamison Oval um, as a kid and then when I was old enough to sort of count in some sort of fashion, I, I worked the scoreboard there for a free sausage and a, a um, killer python um, and, you know, kept Dad's stats and um, when Dad retired, I just stayed around the club and I, I played as a bit of a teenager in my brother's team. Um, but then I got too old and there was no women's competition, so I had to give up. But, but I never really stopped being around football. I just, you know, just looked at different roles and different ways to be involved. And uh, finally, women's competition started in Canberra and I, I played for the next 10 years, I guess. Um, moved to Melbourne uh, for work and, and played a bit of football in Melbourne. And that was when I sort of seriously started to look at umpiring as a, as a, a way to sort of keep being involved in football in a different capacity and that was where I probably started to get my um, strategic view of the game um, and once I couldn't umpire the, the legs sort of gave up um, I, I got into coaching and finally um, brought me to Adelaide. Yeah, legs going out is a common theme across the ASD podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now with the uh, aptitude, did you did you find coaching come came comes easy, or do you have a background in something else that helps, or how do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a teaching background. I guess if, if that's what you're asking, but um, I, I suppose more. Um, I've always been someone that's keen to learn and and keen to um, be around others who who like to learn. Um, you know, I played guitar um, as a kid when I was six years old, and I just taught myself how to play guitar. So. I've always sort of had that musical um, capability to keep sort of learning and teaching myself. I 
I currently study a language um, at ANU in Canberra. Um, so I've always sort of had that drive to, to keep learning. And I guess with that, you know, wanting want, want to share knowledge. Um, so I've had that background. And I suppose playing another couple of sports in basketball and cricket, um, I, I just enjoyed being in sport. Um, and, and because of that, um, I've, I've ended up where I am today. But I suppose also being a police officer, um, I'm used to being in environments where I'm communicating a lot with people who are in some pretty terrible times in their lives and they need they need help and they need assistance and, and that's something that I've uh, done for the last 15 years. And obviously the the move from coaching in the, the Canberra competition over to your, well, now former role at Woodville West Torrens, how did that come about? Did you sort of, uh, you know, make contact with a range of clubs to, to try to see what other roles were out there? Um, no, it was sort of actually sort of a part before that. I, I was coaching in, in women's football in Canberra at the Eastlake women's uh, team, at the Eastlake Football Club in Canberra. And I'd been there for three years um, and had quite a bit of success. I mean, towards the end of my last season, the Queenian Tigers, the men's club in the NEFL, um, showed some interest in having me on as their assistant. Uh, for the following season, and that was a really big step for me. Um, and that was when I sort of thought, okay, well, am I going to really make a crack of this? Is that what I want to do? Do I want to try and coach at, at the highest level I can? Or, you know, am I just comfortable um, coaching at a club level and, and getting, getting that, you know, socially enjoying it, I suppose? Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the first step that I, I took on that job at Queenian. Um, when Queenian were had to leave the NEFL, uh, the Ainsley Football Club approached me immediately and asked if I wanted to assist for their NEFL side that following season. And I met a lot of players there who used to play in the SANFL. And one of the players that probably had the most in- influence on me and, and vice versa, I think, is Nick Salter from um, the Ainsley Football Club. And he used to play football at Louisville West Torrance Eagles. And uh, when he found out that I was moving to Adelaide, he said to me straight away, Beck, um, I've got plenty of contacts at the club, so would you like me to mention your name when I'm next talking to them? And that was how it came about. Um, Nick spoke to the club, and within 24 hours, I had a phone phone call from the Eagles um, asking me if I would like to um, uh, assist with their coaching for this season. Oh, brilliant. Now, that's a some fairly significant clubs you've been moving around. For those who don't know the Canberra League, um, Ainsley, Queenbean and Eastlake are pretty pretty big clubs in across that comp and Woodville, Woodville West Torrance is as well. Um, they'd be fairly uh, male heavy environments, it would go without <laughs> saying. Um, have you encountered any issues uh, throughout your time uh, in coaching or umpiring? Well, uh, I'd like to say that it's all been, you know, perfect and it's gone along swimmingly, but, you know, it hasn't. There have been, you know, battles along the way. I wouldn't say um, they've been, that haven't been able to overcome those, but Generally speaking, um, my involvement in men's football um, has been fantastic and uh, 99.9% of the players or the administration staff or supporters that I've, I've met along the way have been um, totally supportive of me and my role wherever I've been at those clubs. So um, it, it, it has been um, great and I think... Even if I look at it compared to, say, women's football, there's always been doubters in, in that as well. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. There's always someone that's going to be questioning your ability or your capacity. And it doesn't matter if, if you're male or female. It's just, 
you know, they've, they've got a different uh, view on the way that you coach or a different view on the way that you umpire or whether you've got the right decision. So I don't think it actually comes down to the fact that, um, you know, if it's a man or a woman who's doing it, it's just that there are other people out there who think that they might be able to do it better. And you've, when you were announced as the coach of the Adelaide Footy Club, it, again, it wasn't just, uh, you know, a, a one-person band. You're not sort of going to take it, that role on all yourself. Was Andrew Hodges was the assistant that was announced. How is the, I guess, the broad coaching structure going to work there? Have you got, are you going to have a lot of input into how that's all put together? Yeah, so Hodgie is, in fact, my um, senior assistant coach and he will be based in Darwin, up in the Northern Territory there. We're going to be um, selecting a, uh, a number of players from um, from Darwin or from the NT region, some great footballers up there, and the Crows have got a very strong relationship with um, AFL-NT. So that that will be really good for, for the Adelaide Crows generally. But um, in terms of the program and how that's going to work, um, Hodge and I will be sitting down. Um, once we get our playing list squared away, so we know what talent we've got, and then we'll decide on the best way that we think uh, will be the game style for us, and how we want to how we want to run it. And we'll run um, mirror programs essentially in Adelaide and, and in Darwin, and we'll also hold a couple of camps for the full squad um, before the season commences. And then it's a seven week season um, with finals after that. And speaking of the, I guess the the makeup of the list, the what we know at the moment is that each club will have twenty five players, which is two marquee players, uh, a range of of priority selection players, followed by a draft. Now, the Adelaide uh, club have, have signed four players so far. So the two marquee players, Chelsea Randall and Kelly Gibson, and then was it last week there was the priority selections, Courtney Cramey and Angela Foley announced. So, mm-hmm. in terms of building the list uh, from there, like, it, is that going to be something that, again, that your coaching style and the, I guess, the team and the way that you want to play football, is that going to impact on the list that you'll be putting together? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I think the thing of it is that it's all well and good for me to say that I want to have a run and carry game style. Um, or, you know, essentially, a, you know, a long-kicking game or, or something like that. But at the moment, you know, we don't have a list. We've got four players. Mm. So um, we've got to really um, hold off on that until we sort of get um, a, a broad range of talent. Ideally, um, we'd like to lock down probably a couple more key positions um, and work out how that's going to look um, once the draft comes around. Um, and then look at the local talent in Adelaide and, and, and Darwin after that to sort of fill out the rest of the list and go forward from there. Yeah, all right, sounds good. Um, how's the reaction been back in Adelaide since you've been announced? It's, it's been actually crazy. Um, as you guys probably know, like Adelaide's a mad um, football city. South Australia is a mad football state. And, um, you know, since I've been announced as coach, even just going down to have a cup of coffee or... Um, go and get some milk at the petrol station. I've had people stopping me and congratulating me and, um, you know, wanting to talk football, which is something that, you know, I'm not used to coming from um, coming from Canberra, that's for sure. Um, but um, the Adelaide people have been really supportive. I, I went to the game on Friday night and I uh, spoke at um, three different functions um, during the Crows West Coast game and, um, you know, the corporate support and, and the support from the club has been amazing. And um, I've also got a... a 
almost doubled my Twitter followers <laughs> um, <laughs> since since it's happened. So, um, you know, um, a, a blue tick isn't far away, I'm sure. <laughs> and does that does that also mean that you have to be a little bit careful with what you tweet now as well? Oh, look, I've never been one to sort of tweet anything controversial. By <laughs> like, I, I I like um you know I like tweeting about footy and. Um, you know, I like watching a lot of football, so that's generally what I stick to on on Twitter. And if if you're lucky enough to follow me on Twitter on um, Instagram, you'll just see photos of my chocolate Labrador Howard. Nothing too <laughs> exciting or controversial. <laughs> Brilliant. And and with the I guess um, the relationship with the the men's team, I noticed I read an article, mm. the one um, where Tex Walker um, got in contact with both Courtney and Angela when they were selected, basically just saying, you know, welcome to the club. It's great to have you on board. What's the the relationship been like? Have you have you had much of an interaction with the the men's team thus far? Um, look at this stage. Obviously, you know, I had the announcement last week, and <laughs> and the the guys are preparing for finals now. So um, the club's a pretty busy place. But um, I, as I said, I went to the game last Friday night, and I was invited down into the rooms afterwards, and I spoke to a couple of the players when I was in there. But um, I've certainly had a couple of text messages from um, some of the assistants at the club too and um, just generally from, from other admin staff within the club. Um, I had a number of chats with um, Andrew Fagan in person and it's just been um, absolutely great. In fact, I'm out at Westlakes again tomorrow um, for, for some more meetings. So um, I know that um, I'm going to be able to access all of their footy IP and have the full support of the club and if I want to be able to talk... Um, tactics, strategy, any of that kind of stuff. I know I'll have the full support of um, the Adelaide Football Club coaching staff behind me. And you'll also have the access to the facilities that the club's got, which I imagine mm-hmm. would probably be, uh, you know, a bit of a step up from, from Ainsley and Eastlake. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, it, it's top notch. And, I mean, that's the thing. I, I've got a, uh, a meet the coach uh, meeting with the Adelaide group um, next week and just the fact that we're going to be sitting in the lecture room um, at the Adelaide Football Club um, and um, being within those being within those facilities I mean it's the next level isn't it we can we've all sort of played state footy and and done those things in our careers but um, this is another few levels up after that you know we're looking for elite athletes and elite um, attitudes and that kind of professional development now and, it, and that's what will be really exciting to see is how how the players um, adapt to that. Yeah, um, just speaking of the elite athletes, you've already got a former Rugby Sevens player uh, on your books. Um, any plans to steal any more gold medal or borrow any more gold medalists from Rio? <laughs> uh, look, there's a few rumours going around at the moment about um, some of the discussions that I may or may not be having with with um, some elite athletes um, around the place. Um, you know, I've always been a big advocate um, for female basketball is coming over to football. Um, anybody who sort of knows me will know that I've I've coached a few WNBL players in my time um, at East Lake, um, and um, you know been quite successful with that. So um, I, there's no doubt I am looking at other sports, and um, our list management committee um, is having some discussions with uh, some other athletes, and it'll just be a matter of whether their bodies are um, able to. Um, do both sports or if they might want to try something now that they're retired, um, you know, to, to start in the inaugural competition, I suppose. 
I think there's, you know, uh, a great, you know, untapped bunch of talent out there, and, and with the, you know, the high, the um, the higher level women's leagues, which are, are now sort of coming about, there's there's just a great opportunity to, you know, for people to go. You know, Jess Cameron, for example, she's played cricket for Australia and she played footy for, for Melbourne and I think there'll be a lot of those opportunities I guess from from my perspective and this is not uh, not a question that I necessarily expect you to, to answer but in terms of putting together a, a list I think I'm looking forward to draft day and seeing a number of Eastlake Football Club players <laughs> named and maybe a Casey Nugent called out on, on draft day but I'm not going to put any pressure on you Beck. <laughs> Yeah, look, um, Case is a great player, isn't she? And, um, you know, I've certainly had some discussions with her even before I was announced as the Adelaide coach um, about where she wants to go with footy. And um, but that's the thing. A lot of these players, are they're, they're, they're legends in their own local competitions, but are they prepared to, to do the work and, and go to the next steps? And um, I hope that I hope that some of them are. Um, I think there are some elite athletes out there already, you know, in the WNBL and perhaps in the... The women's big bash and W League that actually would have played um, AFL years ago had this competition existed, um, but it didn't exist. So now we're in that uh, tricky position where um, we'd like them to come and play our sport at the elite level um, at the expense of something that they've been doing for a number of other years, um, and they could potentially be even better at, at, at our, our sport than what they are at those other sports. So it'll be really good to see how they develop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have one last question uh, before we let you go, and it's kind of a, an obtuse one. The, the league has officially just started, and you were only announced last week. Are you um, going to be part of the AFL Coaches Association, or is there a separate one for the Women's League, or you don't know, all too early to tell yeah. now? Or? Um, look, I hadn't actually um, considered it yet. In fact, um, you know, I've only sort of started to really consider, uh, you know, what, what kind of leave I'm going to take from my a real job in life and, um, <laughs> you know, when, when my contract will officially start with Adelaide and, and so forth. So mm. I think once I get those things squared away, I've got no doubt that I, I will be um, able to get some advice from uh, those that be in Melbourne. And, um, you know, I've already heard from Michelle Cowan over in Frio. Uh, congratulating me on the role. And um, I'll be seeing Michelle in, uh, towards the end of September in Melbourne. So, you know, those, those things will, will come about in, in due course. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Well, Beck, we want to thank you for speaking to us on a sporting discussion. I know it's been a massive week and you've been pulled in all directions, but we really appreciate you giving us your time. Thanks for coming on. No worries, guys. I look forward to talking to you during the season. Andrew, another sporting competition to benefit from the AFL's decision to vacate the field this weekend is the Socceroos and their qualifier against Iraq, which is in Perth, uh, as part of round three of the qualifying for Russia in 2018. Is this the one where if we get into the top one, two or three or however many it is, we actually qualify for the World Cup? Are we at that point yet? The, we are at that point. Yes. We are, well, we're seven-eighths of the way to that point. Okay. Uh, this is uh, round three. This is for all, almost all the marbles. There's two groups of six teams. Uh, we are in group B. We are with Iraq, Japan, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, and the United Arab Emirates. Now, 
that is a that is some bloody quality there that we're going to have to play against. But I think we always have to play against quality due to the nature of our ranking, yeah, don't we? That's true. <laughs> uh, but the other other teams in Asia are getting really really good. They're developing. Everyone's playing. I mean, we got Thailand here and Saudi Arabia. Everyone would think, oh well, you can knock them over. Mm. That's because a lot of people judge the soccer as opponents by their opinion of the country, not by the actual <laughs> talent of the players. Right, and you're okay. going to be seeing that a lot when we take on Iraq this week. Iraq are a very, very good side. Was it Iraq that Australia has lost to previously in the the qualifier, the the Peter Hoare match? No, that was Iran. That was Iran. We have we have lost to uh, Iraq in significant games quite a long along the journey. We've lost right. to them in the Asian Cup. We've lost to them at the Olympics. All sorts of uh, things like that. Um, okay. Uh, it won't be an easy game, but if anyone can do it, Ange and his team can do it. But they will all need to be absolutely switched on. Now, after they play in Perth, they fly off to the UAE to face Omar Abdul Rahman, who is one of my favourite players, and his United Arab Emirates team. Okay. Uh, Omar Abdul Rahman uh, lit up the 2015 Asian Cup that was held out here in Australia. Right. And uh, he's... Uh, European teams and all that have thrown money at him to try and get him over there, but he doesn't want to go. He just wants to keep playing in uh, in the Middle East. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, I think the money might have something to do with that. But Possibly. What are what are our chances? Sorry, what are the Socceroos' chances? AJ, the, do they need to finish top two in the in their group? Yeah, uh, a, a good start is absolutely critical because at the end of these uh, home and away matches against the other teams in the group. The top two qualify directly for mm-hmm. the World Cup and third place goes into a playoff against third place from the other Asian qualifying group Yep, and win that playoff and you go into another playoff against the South, a South American team. Oh, so okay. So we would go if the worst possible – well, not the worst possible situation is to finish fourth, but uh, the let's assume we win – the worst possible situation would be another playoff against like Uruguay or Argentina or someone like that. And previous playoffs against Uruguay haven't necessarily always gone as we would have hoped, have they? Well, one of them didn't. But the other one was one of the one of well, not one of. It was the best sporting experience I've ever had in my life, which was the qualifier in November two thousand and five against Uruguay. That's right. I'd... If now that the games mean something, mm. I would say if you get a chance to get out to a soccer as World Cup qualifier, do it. It'll change your life. Change your life. That's a that's a big statement, AJ. There is no more of interesting, engaged, emotional, uh, constantly up and moving uh, sporting event than a soccer is World Cup qualifier that is live, that means something. So I can't stress it enough, people, if you're listening, get to your ticket provider and get as many tickets as you can. AJ, we will move on to our final point of discussion for this week's podcast. And it's something that you intrigued me with in the introduction where <laughs> you said... I love the, a good intriguing. Yeah, we'll ask a provocative question of how is Australia seen as a sporting nation? Do you want to talk me through what you mean when you say that? Well, it's more... We're talking international sport here. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and it's more of what other countries think of Australia uh, 
when it comes to competition, uh, reputation, all of the attitude, all of those sort of things? Uh, okay. So obviously, you know, there's this, uh, I guess, a bit of pride that a lot of Australians have in the sporting arena around how well Australia performs based on the population and yeah, the fact we're that always punching above our weight. We're always per capita something, something. Yeah, okay. But that's not what this is all about, is it? No, it's not because sport plays such a massive role in Australian society mm-hmm. uh, and people are hypersensitive to any slight against the Australian reputation overseas. But my contention is that our international sporting teams and our international sporting teams' followers don't necessarily cover themselves in glory when it comes to uh, situations of adversity, let's call it. Okay. Uh, so let's say one of, the big, one of the big things about Australian sport is, you know, going out hard, pushing the limit and all of that sort of thing. Yep. And as a result, you get the Australian cricket team. <laughs> Yes, with the Michael Clark saying to Jimmy Anderson, "Get ready for a broken arm." Well, oh, that, that's that's the tamest one of the yes. last of the while. Australian cricket for decades is, has been regarded worldwide as a pack of basically a pack of on-field thugs. Well, and I think they were actually referred at one point to a pack of wolves. That's right, by Faf Duplessis mm. of South Africa. Uh, there's we seem to have a rich tradition in uh, complaining about. Bad results in Australia. It's never our fault. Uh, it's either a referee got us, or we were stereotyped and refereed accordingly, or uh, uh, the opposition were cheating or using gamesmanship. And I guess the that the stereotype uh, that comes through a lot in international football in soccer because the Australian public will will watch the the soccer teams play and they have it in their mind oh, a bunch of pansies diving around calling for stretches andrew they they never touch they never get touched and down they go mm. and we're going to see a lot of that uh, that sort of talk in during the soccer's round 3 campaign for the world cup is that justified though do the australians in in, in that instance in the the soccer and you can also say perhaps in the the nba with delavadova and bogut being you know voted as the dirtiest players are there actually instances where they do overstep the mark absolutely but the um, i'm all for physical play but i'm mm-hmm. not for stupid physical play uh, and there's okay. quite a deal of stupid physical play going on and that's not where... just limited to uh, the Socceroos or the Boomers or any of the national teams. It's, it's everywhere, male or female. And that's where the, the sooking that you're talking about like comes from. People just always just going, we are playing above, like, well, sorry, not above the law. We are playing perfectly within our rights, within the laws, and we are just being absolutely destroyed by these referees who don't understand the game. Or cheating, cheating op- opponents. Or so. Let's, Fabio Grosso. So, from Italy in the World Cup 2006, who... Ah, uh, was that the Lucas Neal? The Lucas Neal penalty incident, yes. I was talking to... A, che- a cheating ref. A, apparently. And 100 out of 100 cheating refs would have given that decision because it was a stone-cold penalty. Yes, I was, I was talking to someone who I work with about two weeks ago about that incident and they were saying, oh, we were robbed of the diving Italians. And I was like, hang on a minute, Lucas mm. Neal should not have... 
gone to ground no. and then they wouldn't have given the, the referee the opportunity. Didn't need to give Grosso the opportunity, didn't need to give the referee the opportunity. But a lot of, but something that's often set aside in our complaining about that game is that uh, Italian player Marco Matarazzi was red carded after I think we played for about an hour with an extra player on the field and couldn't break them down. And was that uh, a warranted red card it was or a controversial not, it one? Was, it was very harsh. Let's just put it this way. If that had happened to an Australian player, the the country would have exploded. <laughs> There's been a recent one, AJ, that I think you've probably got on your little piece of paper over there about the, the Wallabies and the refereeing that they've received against the All Blacks. And presumably it's all down to the fact that the referee had a meeting with the New Zealand captain allegedly, and coach. Allegedly. allegedly. Uh, it can only be deflecting. It can only be deflecting away from performance, surely, because the Wallabies in the last couple of tests uh, on their off-field conduct and their on-field conduct, particularly in the second test, have gone a very long way to unravelling deca- a decades-long hard-earned reputation on and off the field. Yeah, right. It's uh, Yeah, we've got listening devices being allegedly... Planted in hotel rooms, where we're sooking about meetings with referees. We're trying to bash the All Blacks out of it on the field. We're picking, we're ripping off their boots in the mall and throwing it into the in goal while the play is still going on. Um, yeah, I'd, but but so you're so you're suggesting that people would just see that as a bit of Aussie larrikinism to throw in the boot? Hey, hey. Well, the funny thing is, that if it wasn't for double standards, we wouldn't have any standards at all. <laughs> if that had happened to us, we would go bananas. Just yes. the same as we can't hack it when India go hard at us on the field. We uh, our supporters are all, oh, you can't be doing that. You can't say that. Yeah, and in the Bodyline series when, mm. you know, a couple of short ball, well, a couple, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of short balls were short ball. delivered completely within the rules, but that was, you know, oh, it's the end of the world. Yeah, we've got, uh, well, basically any case of drug cheating. Oh, Australians yes. don't drug cheat. Of course they don't. Uh, they don't drug cheat at all. No. Uh, Russia do, the entire Russian team do. All of them. But the entire Essendon team didn't. <laughs> and, and but the entire East German team did back in the day as well. Yeah, they did. That was proven. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway. fine then. <laughs> uh, so, folks, what we want from you, uh, we, you can see here, we're kind of uh, coming down. There's one on one side, one on the other, and because there's double standards, there's two arguments here. We want to know from you, how do you think Australia is seen as a sporting nation? Are we world class sooks? Or are we misunderstood and just having a run of bad luck? Hit us up on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We think of ourselves as being purer than the driven snow. Are we that naive to think it's actually the truth? Let us know. That brings us to the end of episode 26 of A Sporting Discussion. We would like to thank our special guest, Beck Goddard, newly appointed coach of the Adelaide Crows women's football team for coming on and having a chat with us. We look forward to talking to her throughout the season to find out a little bit about the inner workings of the Adelaide team. Yeah, she's great. Really appreciated talking to her. 
What have we got coming up next week, AJ? Next week is a massive week for a sporting discussion. We've got two very special guests coming on and we are f- recording two separate shows during the week. One will be an AFL Finals preview and one will be an NRL Finals preview. Big, big week. I'm looking forward to that. A lot of work ahead of us, but it's going to be great. So keep an eye on your podcast service, folks, to uh, get, your, get your hands on that. And if you've got any questions or thoughts about the NRL or AFL season that you'd like us to cover next week, hit us up on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We will reply. Comments will be signed off with either AJ for himself, AJ Mithen, or AD for myself, Andrew Donison. Now, tell your friends to subscribe to a sporting discussion on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, and Player.fm. But most importantly, if you are at work on your computer and you like to do a sneaky listen to a podcast, <laughs> head to wooshka.com and have a listen to a sporting discussion there. Or if you. Uh, want to listen to podcasts, download the Wooshka app. Wooshka is a fantastic Australian company who hosts all of our audio. And please make sure you leave a review when you are listening. Good reviews we like. Bad reviews, leave them on social media for yeah, us. Yeah, let's battle over Twitter. <laughs> if you don't like it, come on, come at us on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where are we now? 7.15, Monday mornings. Andrew Donison uh, puts on his full kit Hawthorne gear and becomes Jono the sports guy for Triple R's Breakfasters. I think I've been very, very good in not really getting over the top with my Hawthorne love oh, on the, the show. The, the smug's just building and building and building. I can see it. Ah, whatever. Yeah, 7.15, 102.7 FM on your FM dial in Melbourne or if you are not in Melbourne, get, get, jump on your radio streaming arrangements. You can hear Andrew... Uh, wrap the sporting week and AJ rugbyleaguehub.com we will be seeing another three things to look out for this weekend article yeah three things this week and one of them will be do you really want your team to finish eighth mm, interesting I look forward to, to reading it yeah it should be good rugbyleaguehub.com uh, that might do us for this week absolutely thank you everyone for listening thanks again for listening and we will see you next week 